I lived for a few years in South Africa. I went there to work with the church. And when I went back to work for this church, the lovely family I stayed with, they sort of figured, you know, if this guy Joel is going to come all the way from England to Cape Town, he should definitely have a sports car. And it's true. And so they bought me this car. Um, it wasn't that exact one, but it's like, that isn't my car, but it was just like that. It was a 1978 Lancia Beetle, a Beta Spider. It was two-liter engine, convertible, so that black bit on the roof comes off. The back bit flips down. It was pretty much the coolest car in the world. Um, I gave it a name. I've never named a car before. I called it Ezekiel. It's quite a powerful name for a powerful car. Vroom! It was about as much fun. Imagine me, I'm 19 years old. I'm driving around Cape Town. If you've never been to Cape Town, it's like mountains and it's beach and it's mountain passes and it's completely beautiful and it's it's sunshine for most of the year. And there's me in this two-liter monster just loving life. What an amazing thing. I loved it. Um, I still miss Ezekiel. But um, what um, trouble was with, has anyone ever had like an old car before? The trouble with old cars is you, you, you need to have two things, or one of two things, actually. You either need to be very good at fixing cars, or you need a lot of money to pay someone who's very good at fixing old cars. Sadly, I was neither of those things. And so um, regularly, this car would give us trouble. So I'd be driving somewhere, the engine would cut out, or it wouldn't start next time. I had to get them to change something on the car. One time, I managed to snap the um, gear stick. It turns out I'm He-Man, who knew? And... Um, just problem after problem. Now, South Africa is a beautiful country. Also, has the second highest crime rate in the world at the time. And so, um, it's not a really a place you want to be breaking down a lot on your own. I, I was driving all, all sorts of places, all sorts of people. And so, eventually, with all this stuff, there's um, these issues with the car and my inability to fix it or pay, pay someone who could, I was left with no choice but to get rid of the car for sort of half the price of what my friends bought it for, and then um, get a very sensible, reliable, boring car. And that was. Um, that was what I had to do. But sometimes I think my life can be a little bit like this car. You know, life is a gift. Every day is a gift. We're made with different skills and different abilities and different passions, and I would say different callings. But often there are things that just suck the life out of us. There are things a bit like when the points need to change in, or I snap my gear stick, or the innumerable problems with my car that stop that reaching the potential that it was supposed to reach. And maybe you're here this, here this evening, and, um, and there's, there's something that's just weighing you down and, or stopping you having the life that you were made to live. And so um, I want to talk just, just for about 15 minutes about two verses from the Bible. Um, and that is John 10, chapter 10, verses 10 to 11. Let me just find it in my Bible. John 10, verse 10 to 11. It should come up on the screen, or you can follow along if you've got, or on your phones. John 10, verse 10 to 11. It says this. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd who's willing to die for the sheep. Life in all its fullness. And it's our birthday today. We're celebrating life. And we've been doing a a, a kind of sermon series, all these talks we've been doing over the last few weeks. Uh, this series called God Says, looking at things that God says. And today's one is God Says It Will Be Fun. God Says It Will Be Fun. So we're going to talk about life in all its fullness. So that verse starts in John 10.10. 10. It says, um, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That, it's talking about the devil, the enemy, who comes to, um, <laughs> that's exciting, who comes to um, 
just suck the life out, out of what's happening. I'm, I, I need help. Sam, I, I need you for a minute. Come become a baby man. Come and stand right here. Quick as you can. Look, things weigh us down in life. Things like, oh, just take your hands out, man. So, so there are things that can weigh heavy on us. Things like, things like fear. People, we can stop doing things because we're scared of how it will go or we're scared of how people will react or we're scared we might lose something or we're scared of, of all sorts of things. And for each of us, often fear can be one of those things, one of those things in my car engine that stops life being everything it should be. Or um, there's a few of these. Things like comparison. Like the easiest way to not feel good about yourself is to compare yourself to everyone else. Like you could be having the best day, then you jump onto Instagram or um, Snapchat or whatever the cool kids do these days, and um, you look at the fun someone else is having, and you think, oh, my life isn't quite as good as I thought, or I'm not achieving everything I hoped I would do, or if only I could be that person. Comparison is, is one of those things that weighs us down. Sickness is something that steals life. Maybe you're feeling sick at the moment or you've been poorly for a while or you know someone who is. That can, um, that can really weigh you down. Or something like, um, like a low, a low self-image. Now, I'm absolutely stunned again and again and again when I meet exceptional people all the time who just have a low self-image. Like, you're amazing. But um, that's the thing for lots of us. You think, everyone else is better than me. Everyone else brings more to the party than me. Everyone else, I just don't compare. This, this low self-image. And that's one of those things that can just suck the joy out of life. We miss out on life as it should be. So that's, that's one of them. Or, um, or like, striving. This idea that I've got to achieve all of this. I've got to do all this stuff. I've got to, I've got to get to my goals. And goals are a great thing. But, um, but only if, if they serve you, not the other way around. That, um, but we can be so desperate to get that relationship right or get that promotion or get that exam results. And we strive, 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 strive. And it can just suck some of the joy out of life. It starts to get quite heavy. Or um, a couple more, Sam. Or um, unforgiveness. No, you're doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm quite tall too. Unforgiveness. If there's someone in your life who's hurt you, and it may have been a real serious thing, but um, it just dominates your life. You're thinking about them and how bad they are, and you can't move on, you can't speak to them, you can't be, be near them, and it's just this heaviness. Well, that's one of those things that can suck the joy out of life. Or addiction. Maybe there's something that you're addicted to that's just, it's just ruling everything. Uh, that can suck the joy out of life. Or, um, or running after things that just don't satisfy. Often you look around and we see these things and we think, and we think oh, that's going to be the thing that's going to satisfy me. We run after it and we find out it actually doesn't. It's something that takes away from life rather than adding to it. Or maybe you've made some bad choices. And um, we can all make bad choices sometimes. And that's weighing heavy on you. I've made bad choices. These are some of the consequences. Maybe, um, maybe you're just feeling really lonely and that weighs heavy on you. That, um, that just holds you back. That holds you back from being the person you were made to be, from living your life um, as you could. Or maybe you're so focused on the, on the here and the now, on what needs to happen 
this week and what needs to happen right now and on the things we need to get in place right here. We have a, a focus on the immediate, so much so that we, that we can miss the bigger picture. And these are some of the ways that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you might be thinking, as I'm, that's, they're not mine, but I've got different ones that weigh heavy on me, that stop life being all that it was made to be. And, it, um, and for each of us, there'll be different things tonight that are heavy. And Jesus says, this thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Stay there for about five minutes there. Don't, don't laugh. And um, they can be like these heavy weights. They, they just sort of bring us down and limit the life that we can live. It takes the fun away. But Jesus says, John 10 verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. I have come. We're just three weeks away from Christmas, three weeks and two days, away from Christmas, where we celebrate that Jesus came, that him. Um, that we don't have a God who just fixes things with a little, I don't know, change the coding on the computer. We have Jesus who came to earth so that he can live with us, so that he could die for us, so that we can get rid of all this heaviness and that we could have life. I heard about, about a, story, a family. It's a heartbreaking story, but it gets nice in the end. And, um, and they're a family, and the mum in the family, just life was just so heavy. And, and she just thought, actually, this family needs, needs to be without me. It's going to be better for everyone. I mean, she was wrong, but she thought that at that, that the time, that actually they'd be better off if I left. So she wrote them a little note, I love you guys, but you'll be better off without me. I'm off. And off she went. And the family were devastated. And they phoned her, and they emailed her, and they got in touch with social media, and just, <laughs> and there was, um, there was just no response. Eventually, the, the, the dad, the husband, he hired a, um, a private detective, and, the, um, and they found out where she was, and they got in the car and went there, and they said to, they, they, she was so pleased to see them, and they said, will you come home? And she said, I'd love to. And so they got in the car, they came home, and they began the process of being family again. And they asked her a little bit later, so we sent you messages, emails, social media, why didn't you respond to them, why didn't you come home? And she said, well, it was when you came in person that everything changed. As Christians, that's what we have. Not a God who is distant or far away, but a God who came in person. Jesus says, I have come. I haven't just shouted from heaven. I haven't just given you a rule book. I have come that you may have life. Life in life in all its fullness. Turn to the person next to you and say, life in all its fullness. Life in all its fullness. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that, so that when we're living in fear that everything might go badly or things might happen when fear is heavy, that actually that can be replaced with security, that I'm loved whether things go well or badly. When I'm struggling with comparison, comparing myself to anyone else, well, there's good news Jesus brings, that actually you are uniquely made. You're made in the image of God, that there is a specific calling on your life so you can focus on that and not worry about what everyone else is doing. Maybe... Um, for, for those of us who are, who are sick right now, Jesus is coming to bring new healing to that. And maybe uh, for those of us who've got a, a low self-image, Jesus comes. He said, I come that you may have life. I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that you are bought at a price. In fact, all we need to do is look at the Christmas story. We see that Jesus came for me. That's how highly valued I am. That's who I am. And, and where we're missing out on life because we're striving. Well, Jesus comes to bring a new peace. To get rid of that so we can be people of peace. 
If it's loneliness that's stopping us having life in all its fullness, well, the great news is that we are never alone. Jesus came to, to, to give us a relationship with God so we can know that we are never, ever, ever alone. That's some of the fullness of life that Jesus came to bring. And there's Sam, everyone. And if, um, if it was unforgiveness, well, Jesus has come to help us to forgive, to let us know just how forgiven we are so that we can do that to others. He's come so that we can forgive to help us move on to a new season. Maybe it's addiction for you that's weighing heavy. Or Jesus has come so you can have freedom. And that's what life looks like. Maybe you're running after things that don't satisfy. But God's coming to give you new wisdom. That's why Jesus came. So we can have his wisdom. Maybe you've been making bad choices again and again and again. I've made a whole bunch of them. But because we've got Jesus, we can walk in God's wisdom, not just ours. We can have him to lead us and guide us. And that suddenly doesn't feel so heavy. Or maybe we've been focusing all on the here and now. And Jesus has come so we can have a much bigger picture. Not just look at life right now, but look at the eternal, um, what's the word for a, for a big piece of that you draw on? Uh, the eternal canvas, that's right. That's the picture that God is painting, not just the here and the now, but the eternal. And that makes, takes the pressure off the here and now and brings new lightness. And you look at Sam and you see now that it's life in all its fullness, not weighed down by the heavy stuff. And as I say, it will be different for each one of us. And all of us will come with stuff, I'm sure, tonight. But the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. Thanks, Sam. I mean, how great would that be if the kind of Christmas transaction, if the new season in 2020 was one where all the heaviness, the stuff that weighed us down, we got rid of all that and we stepped into the life in all its fullness that Jesus has for us. Now, this is quite a sort of abstract, fun concept around cardboard boxes, but um, and there's a load of stories we can tell. I just want to tell one little story. We're going to turn to the screens and, um, and watch Dino's story. Uh, growing up was uh, tough. Growing up, yeah, growing up was tough. Um, difficult situations with my father, watching my uh, having an alcoholic father, um, not having much money, growing up poor. Um, we didn't have much in the way of material items. Things like that, really, watching, going to the hospital, seeing my dad in intensive care with tubes and instruments coming out of every part of the body you can, you can imagine. So, yeah, real tough growing up. Education, none really. Didn't have time for school. Um, school was just too... I, I just have felt like I never belonged at school. The teachers didn't really care whether I was there or not. Um, I was kicked out of every school I've ever been to. Friends, I got into the wrong group. Got into too much trouble. Future looked just terrible. Just looked incredibly bleak. A year ago, life a year ago was pretty, again, pretty bleak. Um, although I've had great things in life, it just didn't look that great. I didn't know. I had no internal compass of where I was going, what I was doing, who I, who I was. And I think that's, that was the hardest thing for me to try and accomplish, to try and find out who I was or what my belong, meaning or belonging on earth was. I've always believed in the superior being to, to, to us, but as a God, no. 
I believed in the creator of the universe and I didn't ever really, truly believe in a God as such, no. Never, never really thought about it, I suppose. Um, a friend messaged me. Um, I've been talking to him for, I knew him for years and years. Um, and I messaged him and I was talking about his dreams I was having and he, he said, come to Alpha. And yeah, so when I came along, I just found out from him really. Completely different to how I expected it. It was warm, welcoming. It was everything that I wanted it to be, but didn't expect it. I thought I'd be judged on the way I looked. My past, when people asked me about my past, um, I thought that I wouldn't connect with anyone, but out of all of it, I've made not just friends, but family for life. The other weekend, so I went down on the Saturday and, you know, I took my mother along, took my mum along with me and it was absolutely amazing. I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time, which was in fact, phenomenal. I mean, absolutely incredible. Like a feeling I've just never had in my body. It was almost, if I was to describe it without sounding too, too spiritual, it was almost like a rebirth. You just knew that it was there. It was almost like ever since that day, I, I, I take things at such a different pace now, in such a different way that I can't explain it. But it was the most amazing thing in my life at that point. The faith in Jesus made everything. The way I treat people, the way I, the pride I take in myself now, it's, it means everything now. Just by, even the people I don't necessarily get along with, I would say, I definitely, even if I don't get along with them, I try to love them. As in, I try to think, what would Jesus do in that? In that, what would he do if he didn't, if he didn't like somebody? So yeah, I try and love people all the same and try not to judge as best I can. Whereas before, I would have, it wouldn't have been so nice. Life in all its fullness. That's what it's about. That's the invitation. Life in all its fullness. Jesus came so that you will have life in all its fullness. God said it will be fun. And sometimes we can think that if we, um, if we follow Jesus with everything, if we, if we give our whole selves over to him, that, um, that our lives will get smaller, that, that we'll have to follow a whole bunch of rules, that everything's going to be heavy going, that everything's going to be serious, that, that your life will get smaller. But um, what we found is it's the exact opposite, that actually life gets bigger. We catch more of God's heart. We get a bigger vision for life. Things shift in us. It doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger. I mean, um, I, never, I never dreamed that I'd end up being a vicar, and I had no plans on moving to Swindon. But um, I can tell you there's, there's nowhere I'd rather be on the planet. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing because um, cause life gets bigger when we follow Jesus. Life gets bigger. I mean, our church, we're, we're a year old now, and there's, there's something like about 100 people who are serving in different ways here in the church, people who are hosting people when they want to come to church, in our, our kids' teams, our youth teams, guys who are on production, worship, people who are helping out with Alpha, people who are helping with our pattern groups. There's somewhere in the region of about 100 people serving. And um, you sort of think, if I give away my time, I'll have less. But actually, it gets bigger. You get involved in something bigger. Like the people who give away, they give up 11 Wednesdays in a row to come and, come and help on Alpha to host people. You sort of think, well, well, I'll lose my Wednesday evenings. But actually, what you get is, is the privilege of walking with people as they're bringing questions about life. You get, you, you get these deep friendships and life gets bigger and not smaller. We've got some people in our church who help out with them. Um, 
with street pastors. So once a month they're out on the streets just helping people to, to, to be safe and get home and, and, and make town a bit of a less scary place for them. Life gets bigger doing that. We've got guys who, who um, work for, work, help out with Harbour Project and um, serving our um, the refugees in Swindon. Life gets bigger. There's a whole bunch of guys in our church who volunteer with Safe Families for Children, a brilliant charity who come alongside um, a, a families who need a bit of extra support. But um, life gets bigger. And that's always the case. When we, when we say yes to God, it doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger. I had a friend, and, and they, um, they, 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 they ran a project where they were working with someone. And um, it was always funny, like, like, who's in charge? How does it work? And um, as my friend was, was leaving that, that, that job, I told her, your last few months, imagine if your job there was to serve your colleague, was to set your colleague up so that by the time you left, they could run with it brilliantly. And that shifted things. Her job didn't get smaller. Her job got bigger because there was a new role in there. Life with Jesus gets bigger. One more story. My friends, um, Carwin and Reninka, wonderful couple. Now, Carwin, um, he was in his early 20s, and he was at a, a, a Baptist conference. We love the Baptist church. And, um, and after the conference, a, a, a Baptist pastor from Haiti came to stay in, in his house because he was staying for a few more days. And this pastor started to tell my friend about, um, about how bad things were with healthcare in Haiti, about how people were dying from conditions that could be treated. And so, um, and so my friend Carwin went out there and he, um, he made a little video while they were there. And they came back and started raising money for the hospital in Haiti. And that was 12 years ago. He now runs this charity, HHA, Hope Health Action. Out in, he, lived, he lived out in Haiti for five years. And out there, they've built a, a respite center for kids with additional needs. They've built the initial hospital. They've, they've built a, um, a, a spinal injury unit following the earthquakes in Haiti. They've, they've built um, all sorts of rehabilitation centers. And life just gets bigger and bigger. They've now expanded to, to, to Sudan. And um, Carwin gets regularly flown around the country to go to these like spinal injury symposiums. Meanwhile, he doesn't have a medical qualification to his name. But when we say yes to Jesus, life gets bigger. I've come that you may have life and life in its. I said life in its. Turn to the person next to you and say life in its fullness. Life in its fullness. Jesus came so that we can have life. And the verse carries on. He says, um, I am the good shepherd. Now, good shepherds, they take their sheep to good pastures. Jesus doesn't want bad things for us. He wants good things for us. And it carries on. Who is willing to die for the sheep. And this is the kicker, really. Because you can think, oh yeah, God wants us to just follow him like robots. No, this isn't just, just for his benefit. This is for us. That God was so desperate for relationship with you that his son Jesus came to earth to die. That he was so desperate that we don't stay weighed down by things that we know life in all its fullness. That he came and was willing to die. He was so desperate that we weren't separate from him for eternity that he came and was willing to die. This is the Jesus we're talking about. He doesn't stand at a distance and tell us how to live our lives. He has come so that we can have relationship, so that we can have connection, so that we can have life, so that we can walk into our everyday, not on our own, not doing our own thing, but walking in purpose, walking with him, making a difference, joining him in his job of making earth, of making Swindon a bit more like heaven. 
And that's the invitation. We've got a vision at our church, inviting people into family to serve Swindon. We're dreaming of seeing a thousand people baptised at Patton Church. We dream. We love everyone here at the front, but we're dreaming of an army of young people. You're the first lot. An army of young people here in Swindon who are running after Jesus. We're dreaming of being a church who make a difference to some of the social issues that we find in our town. We're dreaming of um, being a church who plants churches who plant churches. We're dreaming of seeing the whole of Swindon come alive. But that's only going to happen if we are living life in all its fullness. If we're saying goodbye to all that other rubbish that weighs us down, we're inviting Jesus into every part of it. And we're saying yes to following him into all that he's got for us. Life in all its fullness. And that will mean different things for each one of us tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you wouldn't have maybe even said you're a Christian. But you've seen something of, of God and the church and him. Um, and you want to be a part of it and step into life into its fullness. Well, I'll give you a little opportunity in a, in a few minutes' time to pray a little prayer and say, I want to be in. Or maybe you've been here for a long time in meetings like this. And maybe there's just some part of your life that you just need to give over to God and say, I want you in that. I want to give this to you so you can bring life. Maybe it's one relationship or, or one part of your job or, or one thing that happens at school. And you just need to say, God, I want you in all of it. I want you in all of it. Imagine if we went into 2020 not held down by all that stuff, not held down by fear but walking in security, not held down by comparison but walking in identity, not held down by sickness but walking in healing, not held down by the low self-image but knowing the huge value that we have, not striving but walking in peace, not lonely but knowing God is always with you, not not held down by unforgiveness but moving on into new things not held back by addiction but walking in freedom not running after things that don't satisfy but running after God's purpose for our lives not making bad choices but walking in God's wisdom and not just living in the here and now but painting on the eternal canvas that we are making a difference for generations imagine what 2020 could be like imagine the fun imagine the freedom imagine the things that we'll see happen as we step into life in all its fullness, Jesus says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for the sheep.